The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with my buddy Dan Shapiro, who was at Tulane University as a rising senior in August of 2005 when Katrina hit New Orleans. So the question, Dan, is where we'll start is what did you do upon hearing of the first threats of Katrina? Yeah, it was interesting just because um, we had heard several threats of several hurricanes in the years leading up to that one. Uh, Pretty much every fall in new orleans you get word of some kind of storm that's going to knock you out and none of them had so far so um then this one came around and we kind of thought of it just the same like boy who cried wolf kind of situation but uh sure enough the mayor at the time came on and declared a national emergency and so like 24 hours before uh the storm hit we decided to take it seriously and get out of there so we packed in a buddy's car uh, and headed west. We had a friend who lived uh, out in Houston, and a drive that normally would take like I don't know five hours, New Orleans to Houston, took about eighteen hours. Wow! Uh, traffic was just stopped on I-10 headed west out of the city, and uh, it was just about twelve hours just to get to Baton Rouge. So, you know, that whole thing was a spectacle. I mean, just car after car on I-10. Uh, but we got to Houston. And we watched some of the things develop from there. Not really sure what, what would be true, uh, but, but at least sort of taking the word of the mayor that we needed to get out of, out of Dodge. What did you take with you? Just a duffel. You know, I, I certainly didn't pack thinking I was not going to be there for, for months. Uh, so all my stuff was left. I packed like a weekend bag, you know, huh. and some beer. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> did you ever think on, on that drive that – as the hours went by that you guys were going to get stuck? Uh, no, we didn't really have any clarity until a couple of days later in the storm hit. Cause you know, the storm hit and it wasn't the storm that did all the damage. You know, it's, it was, it was the flooding that came after the levees broke. So, you know, even after the storm, we didn't really think that this was going to be what it was. Uh, and then, you know, as hours rolled on and the flooding started, that's when it became apparent that this was going to be a longer, a longer, a longer thing. So, um, from Houston, my brother was living in Las Vegas. So we, I flew out to Las Vegas cause you know, why not? Uh, and, and that's kind of the, 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 underpinning of this whole thing is Katrina was an, such an intense tragedy for so many people. Um, I experienced the storm, but I certainly didn't experience the tragedy. So sure. even in talking about this from a position of privilege in some ways is difficult just because my experience was, it was an inconvenience, but it, I, I didn't, I didn't really experience the tragedy of so many people. Um, but so anyway, I, you know, I, I flew out there, spent some time with my brother and that's when it was clear that the storm is going to be a long-term problem. Um, and then flew from there back to New York just to wait it out. And then at the time, you know, I think it was about, I think it was about a weekend where Tulane had reached out to the students and they said, look, we're, uh, closed for the first semester. There's no way we're going to be able to run the school. Um, and several universities had kind of come together and said, 
uh, I guess it's sort of offered reciprocity. So, you know, the, the arrangement was pay your tuition to Tulane. Um, it was it was actually quite an incredible thing. Um, Boston University was one of those schools that did that. And uh, pay your tuition to Tulane. Just come to us. We will educate you for the semester. You can enroll in any classes that you like. Um, and uh, and that's what we did. BU made it super easy transactionally to enroll, and it was close enough to New York. Uh, to just drive up there, get an apartment. All the classes were pass fail, which was wow. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made made for, made for a semester. You know, so um, <clears throat> so then we went up to Boston. We we got situated um, before the storm hit, though. You know, with the mayor making his announcement, I thought that there was at least a chance that the storm was going to be serious. So I moved. I had a car. I parked it on the fifth floor of the Harris parking garage downtown in the quarter, uh, which ended up being a really great move. I think it would have been damaged pretty badly had I not done that. So I wanted to get back down there as soon as I could. So in early October, um, they, they said that you could start coming back into the city because the city had shut down. You couldn't come in uh, all through September. So in October, they started letting flights back in and people could drive in. Uh, I flew in there. I, took a cab downtown to the Harris parking garage, picked up my car. The gate was up, uh, drove to my apartment, which was uptown near the university, you know, packed up some stuff and drove 23 hours back North, uh, out of new Orleans. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was intense. It was intense. Like it was like a military zone. Uh, there was army vehicles everywhere, uh, armed guards everywhere, very little activity outside of that. Um, stores closed, restaurants closed, bars closed. And for New Orleans, that is an eerie, eerie, eerie thing. Um, so it was strange. Emotional? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just it's, it's, it's like looking at a person or a friend uh, with no like soul, you know, with the soul just kind of vacuumed out of it. It, it looks like your friend, but it doesn't feel like your friend at all. Um, and, uh, just yeah, just strange that for a city with so much life in it to be left lifeless. Uh, and again, like I, uh, I really want to make the point that totally understand. This was just my yeah, my personal yeah. experience. Like the tragedy is just so much worse for so many other people. Sure, uh, sure. But but my personal experience, yeah, it was it was strange. What was the was there was there damage to your apartment building or even the apartment itself? Yeah, so we were we were lucky. We I lived uptown. There wasn't a ton of flooding. You could see the water line on the building, but I lived on the second floor of a two-story house. So my personal belongings didn't have water damage, but the power cut. And so our like fridges, which we didn't think to clean out, were covered in maggots. And, um, you know, so it was pretty nasty, but uh, no intense water damage to the buildings uptown. They're a little higher um, above sea level than some of the other parts of the city. But certainly then, you you know, as I was driving out of the city, you just drive around and it was, it was awful. Yeah, and the city itself, I mean, there are still parts of that city that still haven't recovered and, and won't. That's right. Yeah, the city has definitely made uh, their intentions clear about which parts they, they're choosing to rebuild and which parts they're not. If you drive up uh, Carrollton or Claiborne, um, rather, up uh, from the French Quarter uptown, you'll see just huge swaths of the city that have not had any money re-injected into it. And, uh, you know, that represents people's generational livelihood, you know, and it's like just 
just gone. So it's really, yeah, it was really sad to see. When you then decided to go to BU, did you and all your friends decide that together? Yeah, that's a good question. So we had a couple of schools who offered that. We thought about, um, you know, the idea of going different places. And some of my friends were from the Northeast, some weren't, but we all knew we wanted to be together. Uh, so BU just really made it like they, they, it could not have been easier. We like showed up, gave it ID. I think we brought a tuition bill and they like opened their arms. And I think that ease of transfer was the most attractive of all the universities. So we all decided on that. How many of there were you? Well, there was 10 of us living in a seven bedroom yeah. <laughs> uh, abandoned frat house. That's what we rented. Two guys were living in closets. One guy slept on a couch for the semester. <laughs> uh, so there's 10 in that house, and there was two other guys in a separate apartment. So the, I think there was 12 of our core, core group of friends, and then there was sort of tangential relationships. A bunch of people moved up there uh, for the semester, again, because of the ease. But it, it, was, it, was, a, it, was, it was fun in that it felt um, riskless. Like, we, you know, it, it was really sad in the sense that we had – one of our two remaining semesters taken from us down in the city that we loved. But it was this otherwise, you know, if you strip the tragedy away, it was this otherwise very like interesting adventure for 21, 22 year olds to right. be in a new city, exploring it together with pass fail classes, you know? So there was some fun in the, in it all um, for us. And it was just one semester. Then you went back down for second semester. That's right. Then we all showed up back uh, second semester, January, of 2006 <clears throat> and that was you know the city the city was uh, habitable but it certainly didn't possess the uh the spirit by any stretch that that we were accustomed to a lot of restaurants didn't reopen a lot of bars didn't reopen um you know a lot of grocery stores i mean just the things that you needed or you came to the things that made the experience so special just weren't there yet uh, but at the same time, I would, you know, I would take a half, I, I would take that experience in New Orleans over any other city in the country. And, it's, you know, particularly to be there at a time where it was a rebuilding city and it could really use all the economic help that it could get. Um, it was great to be back there and see it sort of, uh, come back to life a little bit, but it was, it was not, it was not all the way there. Was Tulane fully equipped to have everyone back? They did a great job. I thought I thought Tulane just handled the entire thing like, you know, this was, I guess, this was 12, 13 years ago at this point. But I, I remember thinking that they handled it perfectly in terms of communication, in terms of, you know, they, they um, created a lot of community service opportunities. Um, I'm not trying to create an impression like I spent every day rebuilding the city. But, sure. you know, we went and, and tried, you know, tried to do some regut, like some gutting projects or you know, just, just operations that needed manual labor, we got involved with. Um, and, uh, this, yeah, I just thought the university did a great job. Did you move right back into the same place? Same place, yeah. Yeah, they, they cleaned it up a little bit. They got the maggots out? They got some of them out. You know, they got a, a critical mass out, so That's that good. was helpful. Um, but, yeah, it was same place. I was, it was, you know, it's a special thing to have gone back there. And now, you know, I go back every year and, and every year you go back and it feels stronger. Uh, it's nice to reflect on that time. What was graduation like? So that's a good question. Graduation was pretty special because most people get a keynote speaker uh, of note, maybe a famous author or an actor. 
Um, our keynote speakers, we had three of them. We had Ellen DeGeneres, who's from New Orleans. We had President Bill Clinton. And we had President George H.W. Bush all speak at our graduation. Wow. Uh, so it was quite a quite a thing. So it was like really, really incredible to see those three people speak. And they were all, I was, uh, George Bush was incredible. I remember being just like in awe of his ability to command room and speak with, speak about the resilience of the city and what needed to be true for the city to come back. And he, it was, it was awesome. Good stories. I, I appreciate it. So thanks, pal. Yeah. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for talking about it. I think, I think it's important to talk about, remember, and, uh, you know, anybody who's listening, go visit New Orleans. They could always use your help. As Dan said, his story isn't a harrowing one. It's a Katrina story that, of everyone I know, only Dan could tell. I can't imagine the horror that so many others experienced. A work colleague told me last year his story of his wife giving birth to their twin girls as the storm hit seeing his house underwater on the news, having to escape the hospital because of the rising water. Everyone survived, but my mouth was agape as he recalled that day and few months that followed, probably for the thousandth time. Please subscribe to the podcast. If you don't know how, ask someone. It'll be the easiest thing you do all day. Actually, even easier is clicking the five-star rating and writing 10 words about the show. We can continue the conversation from Dan's podcast or any other on Twitter at Noah Koslov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.